The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the first chapter. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed, and he did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. So they said to him, Who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Then why are you baptizing, if you are neither the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know, even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Start off with kind of a fun little story. Just because it was a good day to have fun. A wedding day was coming. The nephew of the bride was this little five-year-old child named Tommy. He had a very special role on this day. He was to carry the wedding rings down the aisle. Tommy was usually a good child, smiling, happy, fairly compliant with instructions and such. But the wedding rehearsal, he was a little stinker. He was a five-year-old terror. He kept leaping out at people from behind the pews, baring his teeth, growling, And then he was chasing the flower girls around, baring his teeth and growling at them. When he practiced going down the aisle, he growled at everybody along the aisle, snarling and growling at them. (laughs) His mother waiting for him at the front, pulled him aside and said, Tommy, what has gotten into you? Stop acting like this. Tommy said, but mom... I am supposed to act fierce. I am the ring bearer. (laughs) Poor Tommy. He misunderstood exactly what role he was supposed to play at the wedding. He didn't hear the difference between a ring bearer and the ring bearer. Now with some fun on our mind, something more serious. Sometimes a great number of us, myself included, can go through times of our lives misunderstanding our role, our part, our purpose in life. We meander from one day to the next, one season to the next, one project to the next, one relationship to the next, one job to the next, one town to the next, on and on and on we go without clear passionate understanding of whose we are and who we are or our purpose. God's Word today 
in and through this prophet of John will give the church, will give you and me clear understanding of identity. And with clear identity, purpose. John. Most who read this New Testament, most who read about John the Baptist would describe John the Baptist as being someone who was very clear about his purpose in life. Most would say that John was someone who displayed great passion during his life. With John's help, we might discover who God created us to be and what God wants us to be in the world. First, John is clear about who he is not. The priests and leaders from Jerusalem walked anywhere from 7 to 20 miles. It depends on where they say John the Baptist was doing his ministry along the Jordan River. Somewhere the closest spot would be about 7 miles. The furthest spot may be about 20 miles. They walk that distance. And they walk there to find out what he's up to. He was baptizing and doing religious work without their permission. They wanted to know who he was. What we find out from this reading is unique to this book and to this person, John. We find out who John is not. Did you hear it when it's being read? We find out who he's not. He says, I am not the light. Then he says, I am not the Messiah. Then he says, I am not Elijah. I am not the final prophet, and I am not worthy to untie the one who's coming. I'm not worthy to untie his sandals. Not. John the Baptist had a kind of reverse resume at this point. Usually on a resume, you list all the things that you are that could be helpful to a place. You list all the things that you have done successfully and the things you've accomplished But John has a resume that many would consider almost like a photographic negative, the opposite. Before he could say who he was, before he could say what he had come to do, John clearly states who he's not and the work he would not be doing. Sometimes before we leap into something, sometimes before we leap in and say who we are and what we're going to do for God, maybe we could first decide and discern who we're not and what we're not called to do. We are not God. We are not as light. Whatever things else come to mind, who are we not before we go on to say who we are? John was clear. Second thing about John for us, the church, is who he is. With that established of who he's not, the Bible presents a clear understanding of who John is. Our Bible reading says in verse 6, the first part, it says this, There came a man sent from God. That tells us John is a man. He's not an angel. He's not any other of the created things. He is a man. And that means that he is formed in the image and likeness of God. And he was sent by God. His identity, His inspiration, His power, His authority, all of those things came from God who made Him. He did not stand on His own authority. He did not claim authority for Himself. 
His existence is rooted and begun in his Lord God. His reason, purpose, and place is established and directed by God. The same applies for you and me. Before we were conceived, God knew us. While we are in our mother's womb, God knows us. With every breath, we are to breathe in God's life. With every thought, we are to think God's thoughts and dream His dreams. With every one of our actions, we are purposed to move in God and with God. That John the Baptist-inspired way of life is as close to heaven as one can get. His life example for us, who are baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, is that we too might know with confidence whose we are. That we are made in the image and the likeness of God. He knew us, He knows us, and He will bring us home someday. We are His. Who we are. And then our divinely inspired purpose based off of that. Verse 6b, it goes on to say this. After it says he was um, uh, sent by God, the next thing is it says his name. His name is John. Now, in case you've forgotten the meaning of the name of John, anybody, how many names, if you're named John, raise your hand. Got John in your name? There's one. Any other Johns? You got a John? John? Okay. Any other Johns? All right. So, John, if you don't know the meaning of your name, today's the day you get to remember. John, it means, and this is, we're going to say this carefully because it's the actual name of God, Yahweh. Glory to that name. Yahweh is gracious. When you say the name John, you are saying God is gracious. Every time your dad calls you by your name, he's saying God is gracious, even if he's not happy with what's going on. God is gracious. Now, it'd be easy to move right on through today's readings without considering the name. But we're going to pause. His name is used four times in our lesson. Not very many verses today. Four times. Because His name clearly and powerfully is communicating who He is, whose He is, and His purpose. Yahweh, the holy name of God, is gracious. That is John. To an elderly man who has faithfully served his God as a priest. And to his wife, who for their entire married life, Zechariah and Elizabeth, their entire married life, have been unable to conceive and bear a son. For them, that was a source of shame and a source of God's lack of blessing upon their life. Now, in their elderly years, they're going to hear and be given the name John. Of all the names that they would name him, maybe Zechariah after father, maybe another name after the grandfather, maybe after her father. Of all the possibilities, God says, no, you're going to name this son, this miracle child to you, who otherwise without me would never have a child. You will name this one John. You're going to name him God is gracious. And what the angel of the Lord told them would happen, happened. An elderly woman and an elderly man They became pregnant and they were blessed with their firstborn son. God was gracious. He did not leave them without the gift of a family. They named him gracious. 
And he was filled with the Holy Spirit just as promised. Now we go to verse 7. He came as a witness to bear witness. That's important for us. Witness. Difference between a witness and a teacher. If you're a teacher, you've accumulated information with the sole purpose that someday you give the information back. That's a teacher. All the other professions, you have reasons and purpose, but a witness is unique. Witness. A witness has experienced an event. A witness has seen something with their own eyes, heard something with their own ears, smelled and tasted and experienced something in their life. That is a witness. They've witnessed it. They've participated in it. It's now part of their history. And then from there, a witness witnesses. A witness then shares what they have first participated in. Witness. He came as a witness to bear witness. His reason and purpose in existence as a gift from a gracious God was to share the truth about whose he was, who he was, his reason and his purpose. That's what he did. John bore witness to the God he had seen and heard and experienced and was participating in. And he invited others passionately to do the same thing. Like John, the church is. We are not the Messiah. And we are not worthy to untie his sandals. But like John, the church is fully called to know that God is gracious. Our lives, our representation to the world around us, when they see us, they can see someone who in our second lesson today, this says we're rejoicing and we're praying without ceasing and we're giving God thanks in all contexts of our lives, whether we are happy or without pain or that we are suffering on our last breath, we will give God thanks and praise. When they see us, they will see that God is gracious. They will see it. We won't even have to use words. They'll just see it and experience it. God is gracious. And then like John, the church is fully called to, to know who this Son of God is, this Word, this light, this life, this Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We're to know that God. The whole world did not recognize him in this lesson today. He says to them, he's the one that you do not know. But John knew. John knew who he was. He just didn't know about him. He knew him. There's a difference between knowing about, being educated, and knowing, having relationship. John knew Jesus. Like John, the church is to be alive. In God, with God, empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. Not some inanimate object like a rock that's silent and not with any life. No, we're to be animated in our Lord, reflecting that we are made in His image and His likeness. And He is in us and with us and flowing through us. We, the church is called to be like John, fully alive. Like John, the church's reason and purpose is to know who Jesus is. Get the world's attention. I love this one. Nikki has some fun on this. It's like if I come over here and I start waving my hands and I'm getting everybody's now attentions in the room, even though we're sleeping, we've had a busy week. I get all of your attention. And then finally, when I get all of your attention, I step out of the way and I point to where Jesus is. That's what John did. 
He got their attention. And then he pointed to Jesus. That's the one you follow. That's the one who has life. That's the one who has light for all the gray days and reason and purpose to an otherwise bland life. He's the one. He pointed to Jesus. Another thing for us as a church, just to finish up. Like John, the church is not to be timid. We are not to be timid. Like John, we are not to be quiet and unnoticed and just pass by without being recognized. Like John, we are not weak. We are not defeated and we are not oppressed. We are set free in Christ Jesus. If we're living anything other than that, we're not living like the example that John the Baptist, inspired of God, gave us to have. We will not capitulate or compromise. Even if we're in prison, we will tell the truth, whether they like to hear it or not. We have to do that. To do anything other is a violation of who God made us to be. Our reason, our purpose, our passion, our love captures all that. Our love is to know Jesus and then make Him known. On this day, we give God thanks and praise for John the Baptist. And then we pray that God will make us like Him, that we will be His witnessing church. Amen. Amen.